Maybe don't know. Maybe don't know. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 20 of the Power Company podcast brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. Before I do anything, and I know I said this a couple of episodes ago, but I'm going to say it again. Um, Big, big, huge shout out to our patrons. Uh, You guys helped us get to our first goal, and we are well on our way to our second goal, which will allow us to... Uh, purchase some equipment that we can take to the crags and get quick little interviews at the crags and, um, you know, maybe do something cool with those. So big thanks to you guys. And if you want to become a patron, you can do that at patreon.com slash power company podcast, or go to our website and click on the podcast tab and you can hook that up there as well. Uh, I am on my way to Chattanooga from Red River Gorge. We wrapped up our our Red River leg of the trip, and it was a wild success all around. Uh, my fiance and I both uh, wrapped up our goals into a neat little bow and feel good about moving on. So it's time to hunker down and, and do some bouldering, uh, get actually strong instead of just good at paddling, which is seems to be what the red makes you. Actually, I, I stuck to the, to the bouldering side of things this year. I, I stuck to some bouldery routes that I hadn't done before and I'm pretty stoked about how that went. Anyway, um, when, in Chatty, the whole team will be meeting. So it'll be Blake, uh, Nate, myself, and Paul. And we're going to just do a bunch of round tables and record some conversations and uh, figure out some cool things for you guys. But that's not why you're here, is it? You're here for Stevie Haston because Stevie is a bona fide legend. And I was, I was really thankful for his time. We sat down at OR this past summer and had a conversation inside the Salt Palace. So you'll hear some people chatting, the constant buzz of people talking about nothing, which is kind of what happens at OR most of the time. Um, so ignore that. There's not a ton of it, but there is a little. And, uh, yeah, Stevie Haston's a legend. Uh, maybe best known for climbing 14D in his mid-50s, but those are definitely not his biggest accomplishments. And I'll just let you search out Stevie Haston in your Googler because it can tell you a whole lot more than I can. And you should definitely check out his blog if you're interested in training or if this hits you in any certain way. Um, his blog is steviehaston.blogspot.com. And it's filled with um, exactly what we're talking about here, common sense training. And uh, I had a tough time picking out the quote for for the beginning of this episode because the whole interview is just quote worthy. So I'm just going to let you check it out. A lot of us old timers realize that a long time ago when you go on road trips, at the end of the road trip, you're weak. You're climbing one grade harder, but you're weak. This time, 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 time
you know the block you get when when you're red pointing you can't red point because you want to you want it so bad i'm at that stage in my diving i want to go deeper and because my desire is so great it's blocking me it's making me tense and the consequences are a lot higher when you're diving huh the consequences are fairly severe yeah you can <laughs> you know you can die the, yeah that sounds it, terrifying it it's in the competitions, no one's died now for a few years. But if you were doing it by yourself or, you know, spear fishermen, they die. They die quite a lot. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. But it's, it's like soloing. If you go soloing, yeah. you stand a high chance of dying. Yeah, so, if you keep pushing it. Yeah. And so normally you climb with a buddy. And diving, you climb with a buddy. Yep. So, so let's talk about your your philosophy for climbing training. That's what I'm really interested in. And I've always been a big fan of your kind of keep it simple philosophy that to me, if I had to sum it up, seems like it's just, you know, hang from your fingers, lift heavy shit, stretch, sometimes get stronger, sometimes lose weight. Yeah. That's you about know? it for me. That kind of how it, how it seems. Yeah. Has it always been that way for you? I was always very strong. I've got very good genetics for strength. Uh, I'm I'm a very skillful person also. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not being big-headed. It's just I know that. It's, sure. and it's good to know your advantages as well as your disadvantages. Uh, the philosophy of some of the parts of training uh, have changed. And at the moment, people don't really know where they are because it's, it's thought now that a lot of climbing is much more skillful than we thought. And... It's true. It is very skillful. So a large component of your training should be climbing. Yeah, for but, sure. But someone like me and most people, they're going to get blocked very quickly. They're going to learn how to climb. They're going to get to 510 plus, ele mm -hmm. low 11s very quickly, and they're just going to be blocked. And they'll be blocked by their fingers. Right. They'll be simply blocked by their fingers. And then you've just got to go back, get stronger fingers, with that stronger fingers, you'll make another little progression. You'll have to learn a little bit more skill, and it just goes up like that. It's no good getting it all in one go, because if you get it all in one go, the opposite happens, and you just start pulling like a lunatic, and you forget <laughs> about your feet. And then you end up hurt. Yeah. Yeah. You will end up hurt. Now, do you, I'm, I know it was an advantage to you that you've climbed. You've got a ton of experience climbing on different rock, different areas. How important do you think that was to your early climbing as far as developing that skill that you talk about? It was really, really important. You know, I, I learned a lot in North Wales where we have like, I don't know, seven kinds of rock within an hour's drive. Right. And, you know, on some you learn to pull like a maniac. There's cracks there. There's real hard slabs there on a, a peculiar rock called slate. Mm -hmm. slippery yeah. yeah slippery and you know you have to edge perfectly so it gave me a huge depth of you know skill sets so again i had the skill sets but then what's the missing element the missing element is strength mm -hmm. it's stamina it's whatever that route re requires and, and it's so different for everybody, right? It is unfortunately different yeah. for everybody, but you, you know, everybody then has to address this lack of whatever they're lacking in. Yeah, for sure. So they got to get going. You know? Yep. It's how, has, how has your training changed 
as you've gotten older? Because you're you're fifty what? Fifty nine, I think. Yeah, fifty nine. Fifty nine, and you're still climbing at the you know the upper reaches of. I'm climbing fourteen A when okay. I want, but um, I'm less powerful than I was a couple of years ago. But that's it's by design in a, in some ways because I don't need that power. If I went to France or Spain, I think I'd get it back. I'd make good job at it, get it back in six months. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it might take me a year, but I could get it back. I, you know, when I say a year, people get frightened, don't they? For they, sure. They want it. That sounds like a long time to Yeah, dedicate. it sounds like a long time to <laughs> yeah. most people, but for me, it's nothing. Right. I'll just get it back. I'll just train. I'll disappear into my shed or whatever I've got, and I'll mm-hmm. just train. You know, I was quite shocked going to the Frankenura. Uh, you know, a year ago, how strenuous it was there. You know, you have to pull. Yeah, on on little pockets. On little pockets. And, yeah. Little open-handed pockets. And, you know, you have to train for that aspect. If you go to Spain, you have to train some power stamina. You know, it's not rocket science. Yeah, so for you, it's just a kind of a constantly revolving thing. Like, I'll train up what I need for the next objective and then I'll just keep going after that, right? Yeah, if you've... One of the things, you know, it's a bit maybe easier for me and a lot of, lot, lot of others is that, you know, there's muscle memory. The more sports you've done as a young kid, you know, the more you're able to move. One of the things we're seeing at the moment, I think, is a lot of girls being really good at climbing. Mm-hmm. And they've often got a, a, a small history in, you know, gymnastics, girl gymnastics. Right. It's really obvious when you watch them. And, you know, that's the side that the guys don't have. Yep. They just don't have it. And yet, do they address this? Do they, like, sort themselves out? No. They continue to climb like men. They mm-hmm. continue to climb like burly men. Yep. I think no. it's trending more toward moving better. Yeah, it is. But, but it's definitely got a long way to go. You're right. It's got a long way to go. You know. And then if you watch a real master climb, climber like, you know, Francois Legrand from France who won numerous competitions, you know, he can still teach anyone, you know. Yeah. In fact, that's that's what he is. He's the French team teacher. Yep. You know. And he's a technician, just he's a, a brilliant super, technician. Yeah. yeah. He climbs so superbly. You know? Yeah, I use him as an example all oh, the time when I'm talking to people about footwork. Yeah. Like, go online and look up Francois Legrand and watch him climb. Yeah. You know, it's so smooth, so technical. It's perfect. 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 Yeah, he wasn't the strongest guy out of the shed, but he was. You know, he often got to the top. Mm -hmm. So, since you, you as you've aged, has the has the frequency of your training changed? Well, there, there you go. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because how often do I train? I might train once every five days. I might, you know, I can still gain if I train once in six days. Right. Even though I'm a lucky genetic person, I don't think climbers rest enough. And they still make gains, but not muscular and strength ones because they're making gains at skill. At skill, climbing skills. Yeah. Right. The more skillful they are, the more, you know, the less force they have to use. But they're getting weaker some mm-hmm. of the time they're actually getting weaker they're succeeding on the problems but they're getting weaker and a lot of us old timers realized that a long time ago when you go on road trips at the end of the road trip you're weak right yeah you're climbing one grade harder but you're weak 
Yeah. And uh, if this goes on for too long, you know, you'll go back backwards. Yeah. Do you have a way to gauge that or is it just you, you can feel it? You just in, know the, it. in the old days, I would take a fingerboard around with me mm -hmm. and some weights. And I had very specific, uh, you know, scores to reach. Right. And I would know I was going backwards or, you know, just staying, you know, where I was. Yeah. Interesting. And I used to weigh myself, you know, every two days. Mm -hmm. And when you come back to your home area, could you tell the difference? I would you know? have certain, you know, like when I lived in France, I had six, you know, pull-up boards and I knew exactly where I was on each hold. Right. So you had standard metrics that you kind of yeah. always came back to and yeah. said, if I yeah. can't do these, I need to get stronger yeah. again. How many one arms can I do on, you know, the left? How many one arms can I do on the right? How long can I hold a front lever for? I had it right. all written down. and. I'm not like a write you down kind of person. Yeah. But I had all of these things written down, you know? Yeah. That's good to do. I'm I'm not either. I don't keep nearly as as good of notes and as good of track as I should. Yeah. But I do I do have some of those metrics and I do know where yeah. I should be. So That's it. You, that's important you to You should know. Yeah. Yep. You should know the maximums and then you should look at some other people, some of your friends and and try and judge them too. Yeah, for see, sure. See how strong they are exactly. I got into a load of trouble, you know, a couple of years ago when I interviewed Mr. Rondra, young Mr. Rondra, yeah. and I said he was really weak. Yeah, and I think you're right. He was weak. He's, yeah. he's a lot stronger now, but mm -hmm. that guy was so much weaker than most of my friends and myself. But his skill level and his, his speed yeah. was so high. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's still a genius, that boy. Yeah, for sure. That young man now. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's important to be able to recognize those weaknesses and even the strongest climbers. You know, yeah. it's, it's important for everyone to see that Adam Ondra has, you know, he's got a soft spot. He's got a weakness. Yeah, which he's addressing. And he's addressing now. He, he right? really is addressing it. And he's got stronger and he will do 9C. Yep. He will break that magic barrier, I think. He's trying it at the moment, and we'll see anyway. Now, do you ever look at the science of training, and then just do you distill it down, or you, do you just ignore it? Or how do you keep this simple philosophy with things constantly changing? Uh, I've got a very long history in sport. I was a runner when I was a kid, and I got into a lot of trouble with my running training because... All the running protocols and all of the sport protocols are based on people who take drugs. Right. And That's a good point. Yeah. And this is what most sportsmen don't understand. If you're really, really good at a sport, it means you're chemically enhanced. If you're chemically enhanced, you don't need very much rest or recuperation. Right. And then all those numbers are skewed. Yeah. Everything is really, really wrong. Yep. And... Um, that's why I didn't become the runner that I wanted to become because they have you running quite serious amounts of running on days you should be flat on your back. Right. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, back to your rest is yeah. the most important part. How can you get better if you can't grow in those or regenerate? Mm -hmm. And if you look at running protocols today, you'll know that there's something really, really wrong with them. Yep. And what about, I mean, climbing training is kind of, it's it's very, very young, still very dumb compared to a lot of, a lot of training and, but it is growing and there are, there is research being done. There's a lot of research being done on the quiet, yeah. Yeah. Are you paying any attention to that stuff? Yeah. It gets sent into me, into me by my friends and, you know, mm -hmm. I, I try and keep up with it, but 
it's it's hard to to tell whether a lot of it's effective because then you'd have to do you know what they're telling you to do and that would take a long time yeah whereas what i do always works for me mm -hmm. and, and I, you know i think if you read that research and and really try to distill it down it almost always leads you back to the simple things that are part of your philosophy yeah and they tell you to rest and then the guys that do those brokers they won't rest they'll disobey what what's being said mm -hmm. and uh, so this is when you look at people who train now there's a lot of success from people who are being trained and it's because they need to obey they yeah. need to obey you know the rest the rest cycles yeah left to their own devices they won't rest yeah it's really hard to make climbers rest yeah i mean we love this we love climbing so yeah we, what we is great do it Climb, all the time yeah climbing is great but, but it, if you it. do it all the time you won't succeed all the time so you've seen a lot of success with trainers and kind of climbers are a bit more controlled by another person mm -hmm. and that's the normal way in sport yeah you know have you followed down any paths of you know trying some new training that that didn't work out that yeah and you've I just have. taken it out entirely lots and lots of times i've trained in the wrong way you know one of the big problems on roots is you know like power stamina or just it's kind of stamina really at a high level and it might be the trickiest area of climbing you know someone genetically gifted the strength won't be a problem right but that power stamina element is really what kind of typifies a lot of roots you know it's um yeah, it's often the failure point for people. Yeah, say yours, you know, 30 meter pitches, you know, pretty hard for like 20 meters mm -hmm. or 25 meters. It's like, it's a killer. It's really hard to train for, really hard to train for, you know. Uh, that's where I've failed tons and tons of times. Yeah, and I think there's a mental component to that kind of training. Like we were just talking about with diving, it's hard for you to learn the relaxation when you're diving but you're really good at it with climbing yeah I'm, i am very good at air climbing in diving i'm absolute rubbish but was it always that way with climbing were you just naturally no, good at it no i had to make it less important you know i'm a very passionate person the more the more you want something the less you're going to be able to get it it just tightens up your mind the more pressure you put on your mind the more it's not in control of your body mm -hmm. you know you need you need to be halfway you, you, your mind has to be relaxed otherwise it just tenses up and it slows everything down the movements have to be subconscious and it, the more stress you put on yourself the less subconscious they become right and everything just gets really screwed up yeah was was there anything that you did that helped that process along or was it just the experience I used to climb a lot and I used to climb with people who were better than me and clearly they, they, the job they had to do was less because they were better than me but I realized that for me I'd just run through the moves or you know think some nice thoughts slow my you know disengage my brain right it's just normal relaxation normal yoga yeah and uh, I think I, that I think that climbing with people who are better than you is huge because you kind of there's a new paradigm you know you start to feel like oh maybe this grade isn't this crazy hard thing that i thought it was yeah and again you're setting up 
you're setting up climbers on a pedestal where you're saying that they're really difficult. That's not what you want to do. Right. It, it's almost a kind of self-delusion. You know, you have to say that they're not hard. But then after they take you 10 days and you still haven't got anywhere, right. then, you know, you're creating a problem for yourself. You probably overreached, you know, your ability and it's time to bring it, your, your aspirations down to a more sensible level. Yeah. Uh, How much do you think your general lifestyle plays into your still being able to climb at a high level, still being able to, you know, perform in any sport at a high level at 59? Uh, it's getting more interesting because some people, they look to me and they go, well, you know, Stevie can do it, I can do it. And that's really helped. If you look at Ben Moon, Ben Moon just did a 9A right. at 49. You know, I did one at 50. I did one at 55 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, we're kind of realizing that a lot more is possible than we realized. And we don't know where these kind of limits are now. We don't. That's good. But And my lifestyle is all... It's, it's built around me enjoying my body in sport mm -hmm. I don't work very much and you know it's a bit haphazard my life but at the end of the day I don't want to work I want to do my sport yeah I want a little bit of money to do my sport I want to go climbing I want to swim I want to do a, you know a bit of a trail running when I when I'm in the right place right and, and you've cultivated it. that over years yeah, I've so been doing that all my life right all my life and that some other some other lucky people have too. You know, if you live in a nice place, you know, Boulder, Salt Lake City, you can right. have a lot of those things too. Uh huh. While but, still working and yeah, you know, while living the normal grind. Yeah, the yeah. The, the five, to, you know, the nine to five rather, and you can still do it in Salt Lake or Boulder. Yeah. Is there anything that you think is particularly important other than rest that we already talked about? for there, the aging yeah there's athlete. a few areas where you can get a couple of percent you know yoga is important to me but you know some kind of form of stretching is very important for people mm -hmm. you can get you know, maybe at least five percent more out of your climbing nutrition is the same it's more important if you've got really lousy nutrition if you eat really bad you'll get better by eating really well right and um you know then you have to seriously look at your weight you have to be brutal about how heavy you are you mm -hmm. have to be brutal about how masculine you want to look yeah yeah men have got a real hang up about you know like looking like a man you don't really want to look like a burly man if you're a climber right and that's a big barrier to a lot of men and um Girls have a similar barrier. They don't want to look, you know, burly. But I happen to think that a, a strong-looking rock climbing girl is very attractive. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah? And, uh, you know, one of my problems was I was a very masculine guy and I wanted to look like a, a man. You know, Yeah, you're my, kind of a burly build. Yeah, anyway. my, my background, you know, in the Mediterranean, you know, with macho and all of this. And I realized very early on climbing in France that it wasn't the kind of, the UK look as well, you know, power thing. It right. was more of a sustained, clever, stamina climber that got up the roots. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we got, you know, yoga or stretching. We got nutrition. And like, don't drink alcohol. 
right. there's another five percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, alcohol is great, but it will seriously screw up. You know how you take in nutrients. And it's hard to stick to stick to those things. It's but. very hard, but if you want the results, you have to do it. So you get a few percent from each. It adds up to quite a result. You yeah. Know? Then after you get a, your good result, your good red point, or your good holiday, have a few drinks. You know, relax. Yep. You know. Yeah, all things in moderation is kind of what you're saying. Yeah, and, but and if you really want the good results, you, it's not moderation, yeah, man. Ha- you have to hammer in on it. At yeah, hammer in, you know, zero in on your weight. You know, look at it, be ruthless. But you don't have to be ruthless. If you stay at a really low weight, you're gonna screw your body up. Yep. Stay light for one month maximum. That's it. You said something really interesting in a blog a while back about uh, sometimes you want to lose weight. Sometimes you want to be stronger, and there are different routes that require different things. You know, what's your what's your take on that? Well, if you're trying to you know make muscle, which very few people need to do, you have to slow your metabolism down. It's just a physical, physiological thing. You mm-hmm. need to eat food, and you need to slow everything down, and. I think a lot of climbers find that hard because they're, they're not like that. They want to climb every day. Yep. But if you want to build some muscle up, you have to slow everything down. And, but when you want to lose weight, you want to maybe build, build your metabolism up, be a bit faster, and that means a lot of climbing too. You can do it by a lot of climbing. Is there a particular kind of route where you think you, you want more muscle? You want well, to be stronger? It, it would be power climbing like Frank and Yura or, you know, big caves like where I used to hang out. All right, big steep pools. On yeah, things. you know, if you can't do a one-arm front lever and stuff like that, you have to be really gifted like Andre or someone. Mm-hmm. Some of my mates are very, very good. But most of my mates who climb font, you know, font um, 8B, they can all do one-armers. Right. Yeah. It's just a kind of small level of strength. Yep. That, that's it. Uh, the little girl from Colorado, she can do three one-armers. Alex? Yeah. Puccio? Yep. She's a strong little girl, isn't she? <laughs> yes, yeah, she yeah. is. <laughs> she can do a little front levers in her one-arms. Yep. Well, you know, for me, that's a kind of, that's a minimum level of power. And yeah? do you think you should train to do those one-arms or does it come along with getting stronger for climbing? Uh, some of my mates got to one-armers just by climbing in the Frankenjura for like, you know, a couple of seasons. Right. But I, I guess they might have been gifted. I trained for one-armers when gotcha. I was, I trained for one-armers when I was 14, I yep. suppose. And you felt like it transferred over to your climbing pretty well. It didn't immediately because in some ways it may made me climb better, but my footwork wasn't in step with my power gotcha but it meant that my power was always there Mm -hmm. so when i did find my technique eventually everything did come together as long as you're looking for it i think you have to you have to stay on top of it you know power is ruthless it's ruthless you know you don't you don't want to let it be in control of you you want to be in control of your feet that's what you want to be in control of yeah you want to be in control of your panic you know your panic yeah, and I think Chris Sharma is a good example of that. When he was younger, it certainly looked like his power was in control of him. Yeah. But he's grown into it now. He's become he a better climber, right, a much a better climber. climber. He used to get up things on strength and tenacity and willpower. And, uh, you know, in the last few years, he's been getting up things on a lot of skill, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of skill. 
I know you're not in your in your climbing season in Malta right now. That it's mostly diving, and that's what you're psyched to be doing right now. Do you have other goals for climbing? Yes. Um, next year, I want to climb 514B. It's just it's not just a number. It's just I think I should do it when I'm 60. And awesome. um, I've got a couple of climbs on my island. No, not a couple. I've got you know hundreds of new routes to do. Yeah. And some of them will require a lot of power stamina. You know, 50 meter pitches, very like Soyuz. And I've been frightened of opening a couple of the cliffs there because I really hate training for that kind of route. <laughs> but now I think, oh, okay, I'll just train for those routes and, you know, see what happens. Yeah. And, well, that's uh, great. Yeah. yeah. And I, I appreciate the, I appreciate your simple approach. And it's, it's been great for me because I can get caught up in the, the minutia and the science of it and and want to start changing little things but it's really great for me to come back to your blog and just go all right i just need to keep it simple yeah you know, that's what it all comes back to anyway eventually one of the simple things is just having good habits you know train three times a week mm -hmm. don't worry about it too much you know have a good time train three times a week train twice a week but train yeah you know train yeah, I think you don't, that's, that's you, you don't have to hang on those little edges for precisely, you know, seven to eight seconds. You don't. Right, right. You don't. Those kind of protocols don't mean anything. But train your fingers. Yeah. Make yeah. sure you're kind of around the right mark. There's overtraining and undertraining. You know, if you're going to do a marathon, you don't have to do a marathon every day. Right, sure. You know. You need to train the components of the marathon. The components of it. Yeah. If you train a marathon every day, you'd be dead, you know. Yeah, you'll never get to the actual marathon. No. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, man, I appreciate you taking time out. I know it's crazy here at OR. So. It is crazy at OR, but it, it's motivating also because you see all these great people. Yeah. You, I just saw Lynn Hill. She looks great. Yeah. You know, she's, I won't say old because she's obviously 21 years old, <laughs> you know, but she's an inspiration. She's you eternally see, 21. Yeah. You see yeah. Chris Sharma. You see Stefan Glauvix. Yeah, I saw you were hanging out with both those guys the other yeah. day. Yeah, you know, those yeah. two guys really inspire me, you know. Yeah. I was talking to Stefan. Stefan's one of the great European heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about an, old, an older guy called Bernd Arnold. Oh, know, yeah, from the, the East Franken German, Euro, right? East, East German guy. And he was, you know, inspiration for me and Stefan. Is he from the Frankenjura or the No, he's from Dresden, Elben Sandstone. Elb yeah. Right, exactly. My last new route was named after him. It was called Burnt. Oh, and I saw that. Yeah. And so you go into Burnt's old house in East Germany. What do you see? You see fingerboards. Right. You know. Strong fingers. 35-year-old, 40-year-old fingerboards. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's not an accident that Burnt was a good climber. Right. He doesn't need to have pulleys and timers and all those things. No. He just, he just used to hang out there. Hangs on his fingers. Yeah. Gets strong. Yeah. Yeah. Lives in a great place, you know, with cliffs around him. So that was it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Man, thanks for sitting down. I really, really appreciate it. A pleasure, man. Pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, Stevie. Yep. Feel the you feel your cheeks getting hot and that sting that little sting that's because stevie aston is blunt and we're talking directly to you and me too i need it sometimes as well i, I like to 
go to Stevie's blog and get a dose of keep it simple, fucker, because we like to complicate shit. Uh, All these complicated reps and schemes and everything else we do aren't always necessary. So keep that in mind. Keep it simple. It's a good way to approach things. And uh, definitely check out Stevie at his blog, steviehaston.blogspot.com. Reach out to him with any questions you have. He's a great dude. And uh, big thanks to Stevie for sitting down with me. I really, really appreciated it. Uh, Okay, I got to get onto the road, get uh, the rest of the way to Chattanooga so we can get this thing going. Uh, If you guys want to help out, you can do that. We have t-shirts available on the site now. Pick those up for... Uh, stocking stuffers for your your favorite climbing partner let them rep your favorite training company Uh, why wouldn't you do that and also become a patron you can do that at patreon.com slash power company podcast what that does is help us keep this thing commercial and sponsor free and uh, it's going to help us grow it we're really excited about that and maybe the best thing you can do is share us on your social medias uh, you can find us on the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the uh, Pinterests. Um, and you can share us on your Twitter, but we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. This time to finish. This time to finish. This time to finish. This time to finish.